There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you for tuning in to our Monday edition of the podcast. Certainly is good for me to be back on the podcast, uh, just with our travel schedule. And uh, exhaustion had brought a sickness in the family. It's very hard to record for last week. And so we took a message off the internet, broke it down to four pieces on the chastening of the Lord. Uh, Lord willing, we're going to deal with a little bit of that in today's podcast in Psalm 119. Uh, but we thank the Lord for the good meetings. Thank the Lord for uh, the safe travels he gave the McVeigh family. Uh, we thank the Lord for being back in Pennsylvania, the meeting he gave to the New Hope Baptist Church over in Broad Top City. And uh, Lord willing, this weekend at forthcoming, on Sunday morning only at 10.15 a.m., we'll be at the Dublin Mills Community Church in Dublin Mills, Pennsylvania. And so we're certainly looking forward to that, looking forward to be with the folks at Dublin Mills. Now, as we go to Psalm 119, and we're going to be in none this time, that is verse 105 through verse 112. And then also Samak over the next day or two in verse 113 through 120. But there's several things I want to look at here that the Lord has just given me a couple of thoughts beyond just going line upon line, but something else I need to deal with. And I'll start at verse 105 of Psalm 119. He says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And that's why if we walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth, because we do not have a love of the truth. And we do not walk in the word of God. It is a lamp. It is a light unto my path. To walk in God's ways is to walk in light. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. So if your deeds are not evil, you have no trouble walking in the light, no trouble coming to the light. When you have evil deeds, the light is a problem to you. And so he says in verse 106, then I have sworn and I will perform it, that I will keep thy righteous judgments. So again, we see his word. We see his word in verse 107. We see his judgments, uh, not only here, but also in verse 108. Then we see his law, we see his precepts, his testimonies, and his statutes. And so many times in these Psalms, uh, we see that breakdown in each of those eight verses, each with two stanzas, each with the laws, commandments, precepts, judgments, and the testimonies of God. And it's an understanding of the word of God. And it's really applicable, I believe, as we've looked at these, applicable to how we live in those testimonies, how we live according to his commandments. Are we willing to meditate in his precepts? And then his judgments are always righteous. We understand that according to the word of God. And it's all because of thy word, the word of God. And he said, I've sworn and will perform it. What is that? The word of God. That I will keep thy righteous judgments. And so when we see that God with equity judges, he balances that against that which is wrong, that which is right. And if we come down on his side, it's pleasing to the Lord. It leads us to verse 107 where he says, I am afflicted very much, quicken me, O Lord, according unto thy word. Now, I've looked at this as possibly messianic. I've looked at this because the words are there, the affliction, his soul, some things like that. Do we look at a messianic psalms? 
I'm not completely entirely convinced it's messianic, but again, it would not do it injustice to preachers as messianic because his word is a lamp. Uh, the word of God is a light under the path. Quicken me, O Lord, according unto thy word. The word of God will make you alive. The word of God will give you life. He said, accept, I beseech thee, the free will offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me thy judgments. My soul is continually in my hand, yet do I not forget thy law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I erred not from thy precepts. Thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. I have inclined my heart to perform thy statutes always, even unto the end. And I want to go into Samech in verse 113. I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. And so it's one of those things that as we look at the word of God and we look at the vain thoughts, the absolute uh, nonsensical things that we think of and our minds being given to carnal things. And this is what the word of God said in Romans chapter 8. He said that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Now that's walking in the light of the word of God. That's verse four of Romans eight. And verse five, he says, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Is that not what the psalmist is talking about here? Quicken me according to thy word, accept the free will offerings of my mouth, teach me thy judgments. And he said, yet I not, do not forget thy law. Why? Walking in the Spirit. I'm not erred from thy precepts. I'm walking in the Spirit. Thy testimonies have I taken for inheritance. Walking in the Spirit. I've inclined my heart to perform thy statutes even always unto the end. So again, we see spiritual. We see a spiritual man. And now New Testament doctrine, he tells us this, that if you mind the things of the flesh, you'll do the things of the flesh. We have the spirit, the things of the spirit. But then he says in verse six, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And that's why the psalmist said, I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. So to be carnally minded is vain thinking. It's all those empty things, those things that amount to nothing. I've learned my carnal mind it is enmity with God. He tells that in verse 7, the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. And so our problem with walking in the light, walking in darkness, a lot of times is in our mind, it's in our thinking. We think one way, our, our spiritual side wants to do else, but our mind takes us somewhere else. And I've learned in this spiritual body that my mind and my carnal mind can wander far from God and conjure up all kinds of iniquitous things and conjure up all kinds of vain imaginations and evil tidings, my mind is capable of going to the depths of the gutter and being as perverse as anything on this world. And because it's so perverse and so vile, that's why the psalmist said, I hate vain thoughts. Because the carnal mind is enmity with God because it goes against the commandments of God. It goes against the law of God. It goes against the precepts of God, the testimonies of God, the judgments of God. The carnal mind is enmity against God because it cannot be subject to the law of God. The carnal mind cannot obey the law of God. Now he goes on and says this because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Verse 8, he says, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. So one of the things he lets us know is to be in the flesh is to be carnally minded. 
serving self, walking after our own ways, doing what we want rather than what God wants. And he said, you cannot please God. Another place you cannot please God without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And so without faith, you can't please God. To be carnally minded is an enmity with God. And then he said, if you're in the flesh, you cannot please God. I realize in this body, that is this flesh, we can please God as long as we're not serving this flesh. As long as our carnal mind is not leading our flesh, as long as we're obeying the spirit of God. But to obey the spirit of God is not some ethereal thing where we go into heavenly places and we sit and we dream and we meditate and we see visions and angels flitting about on rainbows, drop gold dust on us. No, it's nothing like that. No, it's simply walking in the spirit. Oh, is to walk in the spirit of God, in the laws of God, and in the commandments of God, meditating in the word of God. But it's most base form. It's the lamp under our feet and the light under my path. And I have sworn that I will perform it. It's to walk in the light. To be spiritual is to walk in the light. To be spiritual is to think in the light. To be spiritual is to think as God would think, to have the mind of Christ, and to have our thoughts in subjection to the word of God, because in the flesh you cannot please God. But then he tells us that we're not in the flesh. And that ought to stagger some of us, because if we're not in the flesh, why do we mind the things of the flesh? If we're not in the flesh, why do we obey the things of the flesh? If we're not in the flesh, why do we follow the flesh? I'll tell you, we live in a generation that has never learned to die to flesh. Fasting is one of those ways you'll learn to die to flesh. It's that God rewards openly that fasting. Why? He'll teach you to die in this flesh. He'll teach you to go without. He'll teach you to be afflicted and mourn. One of the lessons God's been teaching me these last couple of weeks is to let myself be afflicted. I have pastors and pastors' children, pastors' wives, friends in ministry, people in church that are greatly afflicted. And I've asked the Lord to help me to bear that burden, to be afflicted and mourn. And that's what he talked about here in Psalm 119. I'm afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according to thy word. And to let ourselves be afflicted in our flesh, to be afflicted in our minds, but yet not to deter from God, to walk with God. And so again, faith, to believe God, what God says. And so to be afflicted, my friend, is to allow God to afflict us so that we can put our flesh in subjection to the words of God. And to do so, we must change our carnal thinking. Our minds must be in tune with God. Our minds must be in fellowship with God. They can't be wandering in vain imaginations and the foolishness of life and knowing that this carnal mind is enmity against God. And these are lessons I've learned myself. I'm not just preaching happenstance here. I'm preaching the reality of a carnal mind against God. And and by the way, there are people that can live for years, even decades, with a carnal mind, saved by the grace of God, but they give in to that carnal mind. They wrestle back and forth. They are like those twins in the womb wrestling, one flesh, one spirit, and they're wrestling in which one is going to prevail in the end. And And there's people that live that way in the misery of the Christian life jealousy abounds. And I I know men absolutely seething in jealousy, not just over their wives, but even in ministry. Had a dear brother told me, he said, brother, I battled with being jealous of you. And I'm going, dear goodness, what in the world is there to be jealous of? You know, what what they see is what they think is a glamorous side to ministry. 
that you're up in front of people and people love you, what they don't see are the swords in your belly and the knives in your back and the suffering you suffer and the financial strain you go through and the strain it puts on a family and sleepless nights on the road and, and a marriage sometimes that suffers because of those sleepless nights and because of the strain. And they don't see those things. And that carnal mind will take those vain, vain imaginations and run to the umph degree. That's why so many people are out of sorts with their pastor. They feel like he's in a position of, of financial gain, and many pastors are because they are carnal. That's not, it's not wrong to profit financially from ministry. It is wrong to change your message to profit financially. It is wrong to look at a congregation and think, man, you know, they've been good to us financially. I'll just water it down a little bit, and nobody's going to admit that they do that, but it's what it's talking about. And then as my friend Mother Rosa said for years, preach to preach again. That is wrong. To say, you know what, I, I need to come back here. I'm, I'm not going to just uh, offend, so I'm going to water these. And what you become is a hireling. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. And the just shall live by faith. And if you want to walk with God, you have to put away that carnal thinking, that carnal mind. Have to put away those things that do mind the things of the flesh. Yet you and I today, we mind so many fleshly things. We mind so many things that overthrow us in the flesh, overtake us in the flesh, because our mind leads us astray. But he said, you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And so if so be, and that's one of the great statements of the word of God. The reason a lot of people are carnally minded is they don't have the spirit of Christ. The reason a lot of people follow the flesh is they don't have the spirit of Christ. They don't have the witness of God within themselves. There's nothing to bear witness that they're children of God. And therefore, they can be carnal. They can be flesh. And there's nothing to stop them, nothing to impede them, nothing to slow them in this progress of being absolutely carnally minded against God. Now, 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 11, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. So how do we know that we're in Christ? Because the Spirit of Christ within us bears witness with his Spirit. And we're willing to suffer as he suffered. We're willing to die as he died. We're willing to die to our carnal desires and our fleshly desires and walk in the spirit as he has died to the will of the Father. Oh, my. Not my will, but thy will be done. That is the great example. Yet we live our day-to-day -day lives. We live a practical life. We eat. We drink. We rise in the morning. We go to bed at night. What's done in between is one of two things. It's either carnal or it's spiritual. It's either flesh or it's spirit. And yet so many times, I myself, guilty, very, very much so guilty, uh, living both lives and trying to come out of a carnal world and trying to make myself spiritual to get in the preach, to get in the pulpit and preach. And then there's those wonderful times that I come out of a spiritual world, a spirit-filled day, a spirit-filled life, and get in the pulpit and don't have to become spiritual because I've been spiritual. And what a blessing that is. Now, I wish there were more times than not, but the reality is that carnal mind, that mind run amok in flesh, run amok in itself, not obeying the commandments of God, not accepting the free will offerings of our mouth. And he said, yet I do not forget thy law. How many times does he say that? And what does the carnal mind do? It puts away the law of God. It forgets the law of God because it's not subject to the law of God. And so the carnal mind, because it's not subject to the law of God, it puts away the law of God. 
It will not obey the precepts. It will err from the precepts. It will overthrow the testimonies of God. Then verse 112, I have inclined mine heart to perform thy statutes always, even unto the end. How do we do that? Because with faith, we overthrow that carnal mind by walking in the spirit. If we'll walk in the spirit, we'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so we can incline, incline our heart to perform his statutes because we're spiritual creatures. That's not a hard thing to do. It's not an impossible thing to do. But it's hard to do when your mind is carnal. It's hard to do when your mind is fleshly thinking. It's hard to do when your carnal mind at enmity with God will not be subject to the laws of God. So what do we do? We put our minds in Christ Jesus. What do we think on? Things above, not on things of the earth. What do we center our affections to? Those things above. What are we looking for? The blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior. And he told us, every man that hath this hope purifieth himself. How does he purify himself? It starts in the mind. That carnal mind is enmity with God. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. They that are in the flesh cannot please God. Where do you stand with God today? You're just a fleshly creature. You're spiritual being. You're just flesh. You're trying to be spiritual. You're that Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. You're that Esau and Jacob wrestling. Or you're a spiritual man, spiritual lady. My friend, may God help us with this message. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. And he longs to return to the Lord As he cries for forgiveness and mercy God is waiting You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.